Boston Celtics get their ninth straight win. Wasn't pretty, though. Lots of turnovers. Kind of looked a little bit like last year, but they're growing. I'm going to talk to you about it right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, bonus post-game podcast on a Friday night after the Boston Celtics beat the New Orleans Pelicans 117-109. I'm here at the Smoothie King Center. I'm not out on the court because they are doing something, changing over the court. They're doing something to it. So I'm here in the media room. You see, if you're watching on YouTube, you get the big New Orleans logo behind me. Celtics get this win, uh, and it was it was not a pretty one. By the way, uh, this show, free and available everywhere podcasts exist. You can watch the show on YouTube. Uh, I do enjoy that you make this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, former professional basketball player. Now uh, I'm also an author. I wrote the uh, book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. So check that out. Uh, Celtics came out, and I thought they were going to break another record. I thought they were going to break every three-point record. They were 10 of 16 in the first quarter. And I thought, okay, here we go. This is one of those nights. And... I, if you listened to or watched last night's crossover podcast with me and Jake, by the way, side note, shout out to all the people who said that I jinxed the game because the Celtics have lost the other two games where I did a crossover podcast. So jinx aren't real. They don't exist. And this one doesn't exist either. So just put that out there, put that energy out there. Uh, I was saying in, in that podcast, Celtics were very happy to trade three for two Celtics will take a bunch of threes. The Pelicans don't take a bunch of threes. They, they're they very much a mid-range shooting team. And in fact, uh, in this game, they they did take a lot more. They took 35, but the Celtics took 46. Uh, the, the Pelicans are a much more mid-range, at-the-rim type shooting team. And the Celtics very, very much live in, in three-point land. And they still shot 43.5% in this. It's not like they sucked uh, from three. It's just that they the threes tailed off. They hit 10 in the first quarter and then they hit 10 the rest of the way. So it makes it seem like they, they really struggled from three, the rest of the way they, they built the lead as high as 18 points. And then the turnover started to happen. Jalen Brown had seven turnovers, six in the second half, three in the fourth quarter. And the problem with Jalen's turnovers was they all but one were live ball turnovers. And they led to Jalen's turnovers alone led to 10, New Orleans points. And Jalen said after the game, look, it's, it's, you know, I, I have to be better and, and all of that stuff. He, he understands that he, he got himself into trouble and the South, you know, Joe Mazzula talked about how the, they, they kind of took away their own advantages. They, they weren't going for their own advantages. They, they weren't taking, basically what he's saying is they weren't taking the threes that they, they should have taken in the second half. First half was generally okay. The bench was terrible. Uh, the bench points uh, were, oh, geez, I don't have that in front of me right now. The, the Celtics bench got outscored by a lot. And uh, in fact, let me just pull that up 
real quick because the number is stark. And I want to make sure I get that number to you. By the way, today's show is brought to you by Crack Sauce, C-R-A-I-C, Crack Sauce, locally made in Massachusetts by a Celtic season ticket holder. Support a local business, support a Celtic season ticket holder, buy this big, bold, beautiful hot sauce. It's built different. It's hot sauce built different. It's not just something you pour on top of your food. You use it as an ingredient. It's uh, it's fantastic. I've started to use it in my cooking, especially this time of year. So many great flavors. Uh, go to cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C sauce, cracksauce.com, and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 10% off. Send it as a gift. You want to try it before you buy it? Go to the Black Rose before a Celtics game at Faneuil Hall. They carry it. You can try it there, and you're going to be hooked. Bench points, 39 to 15, New Orleans. You don't see the Celtics bench uh, outplayed quite like that. Uh, Brogdon was not great. Uh, Grant Williams, well, he, he started. I didn't think Grant Williams was great. Sam Hauser was was okay. He played good defense, but he didn't hit a lot of shots. Only two three-pointers. Luke Cornett was okay, but not not great. He he was a minus 10. Uh, so, especially in the second half, they, they struggled. Peyton Pritchard only played four, five minutes and didn't do anything in those five minutes. Brogdon, one of eight, five points, four assists. Just the bench gave the Celtics nothing in this one. So the Celtics started out great. The bench came in and gave a lot of it back. Starters came in, got some control. Second half, a little bit of the same thing. The second half was a very drunk game. The second half, the game got super drunk, which is very appropriate for New Orleans. Uh, visitors come into town, they get super drunk and they're their own worst enemy. That's what the Celtics did in this game. I thought, uh, but the Celtics were able to kind of get a hold of things when Derek white came back in. I thought Derek white was, was huge in this game. And I thought he was a steadying hand and he was also six of eight from three. And he also had 26 points, but he was a steadying hand in this game. I thought the game kind of settled down when he came in nine and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Celtics scored five straight points and they kind of were, it was enough to hold off the, the Pelicans uh, after that. The, the, the story of this game is the growth that the Celtics showed. Uh, I think really you compare this to the game against the Chicago Bulls where the Celtics came out and were they played strong. They played great in the first the first quarter. Then the bench came in and it all went away. And in that game, the Celtics just fell apart. And they got crushed by uh, Nikola Vucevic. And in this game, they didn't get crushed on the offensive boards necessarily. Uh, they, they did make a ton of mistakes, and those mistakes were costly mistakes. But they were able to rebound and come back and play well. Uh, play well enough to to beat the Pelicans. They, the poise that they showed and, and Joe Mazzulla talked about it after the game and they showed poise enough to get past their, their mistakes. And even Jalen Brown, who by the way, finished 27 points, 10 rebounds and seven assists, three assists shy of a triple double and two steals to kind of offset some of the turnovers that he had. Even Jalen Brown had some big buckets at the end. Uh, including one after the Celtics got three offensive rebounds. And that was a huge, I think, sequence there because it showed that even in the midst of turning the ball over, Jalen Brown wasn't going to let this game get away from him. And I think there's an impressive, it's impressive that that 
was the case. It was impressive that they were able to just get through and do enough to win. And what I think one mistake that we all make is we watch everything from such a Celtic-centric view that we kind of forget exactly who they're playing. The Pelicans are a good team, and they didn't have Zion, but the Celtics didn't have Smart. The Celtics are out here without their two best defenders, Smart and Robert Williams. And they played a team that didn't have Zion Williamson, but still has Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and, and good players. And the Celtics were able to kind of with shorthanded and not playing their best, were able to hold them off and win the game. You know, Brandon Ingram had a decent game. CJ McCollum had a decent game, but not, you know, 18 points. That's, you know, I'll take that. If you say CJ McCollum's only going to have 18 points in this game, like, yeah, I'll sign up for that. This is a good team. They came into this game top 10 in both offense and defense. They're one of the best teams in terms of net rating in the NBA. I think they were top five in terms of net rating. The Celtics are better, but the Pelicans are no slouches. Even without Zion, they play they play well. Uh, and in fact, some of the people I'm talking to say, hey, sometimes they look better without Zion. Like Zion's a force of nature and let's not get it twisted. But defensively, Zion has been a problem this season. And so... Yeah, the Celtics, who knows how this game would have went if they had Zion, but maybe the Celtics would have scored more easily and it would have been the same result. Point is, the Pelicans are no slouch and they were going to make a run no matter what. The Celtics aided in that run, but the Pelicans made a run because they're good as well. So there there are some good players here and the growth that the Celtics showed by playing through a lot of this stuff. And once again, Joe Mazzulla not calling timeouts. But they played through a lot, and they were able to get through a lot. Now, the timeout thing, I'll kind of wrap it up with this. I disagree with some of what Joe Mazzulla was saying. After the game, he said, I love it. I love watching these guys and letting these guys play through adversity, which I get. And it, it comes off as trust in his players, which I get. And the players appreciate that trust. Absolutely. All of that is true. And I'm I'm willing to say, hey, Joe has a point there. But I will counter with, hey, sometimes you just need to like wake guys up. Sometimes somebody falls asleep at the switch and you can't just sit there and be like, let's see. Let's see if he wakes up. Oh, he's not waking up yet. Oh, is that a, is that a Russell? Is that no? No, still not awake. And the, the lead keeps dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. So I'm, I'm all for letting teams fight through certain things. But I think after the first half, Maybe there was a time in that second half where you could have curtailed this. And it's not just, hey, you should call a timeout or not call a timeout. Joe even said, you're not guaranteed to get anything out of a timeout. It's like a 50-50 shot. Okay, I can understand that mentality. But he also said, the only thing you guaranteed is two minutes of rest, which, yes, give your guys two minutes of rest. And let's see if that can help them. Let's see if that can get them back on track. Get them refocused sometimes. and. The thing that I'm really looking for when you call the timeout is can you can you get them back on track and can you close out this game and, and turn it into maybe more of a blowout and save the legs of Tatum and Brown? And I get where where he's saying, hey, look, half the time you don't even you're, you're not even sure if that timeout's going to work, but you can't let. 
the 50-50 shot be the thing that deters you from actually doing something. And you say, eh, half the time it doesn't work. But like, okay, well, all the time it's it's hey, you have the potential of it not working either. Like all the time, letting them try to play through it. I get it. And hey, they played through it and they got through it. And that does show poise. It's a point in 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 Joe Missoula's favor. And like I said, he does have valid points here, but at the same time, he plays these guys a lot of minutes in pursuit of this goal. Maybe, maybe you could have saved five minutes on Tatum and Brown's legs. If you call the timeout in the third quarter, when they were making a run or the fourth quarter, when they're making a run and settle the guys down and get them refocused. Yes. Guys have to learn how to play through some things. But you are given timeouts for a reason. You are part of the team as the head coach. You can also get them to play through it maybe a little faster. So I disagree with the notion that not calling a timeout is always a good thing or they need to do all that to learn how to play through some things. They, these are professional basketball players. These guys are all in their mid-20s. They're all out. They've been there. They've been to the finals. They've been through deep playoff runs. If you don't know how to get to your spot by now, I mean, come on. Let's 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 grow up a little bit here. These guys should know more how to get through these things. You the timeout isn't going to be uh I disagree with the notion that calling timeouts won't teach them how to play through things. There will be times in games you don't have any timeouts left and you have to play through things. I get that. And you got to build the habits. I get that. I'm not fully disagreeing with Joe Mazzula, but I am disagreeing that this is how it should always be. Okay? I, I think this was an opportunity for the Celtics to put away a team that was ready to be put away and they didn't do it. And as much as I'm, I'm thrilled that they're winning ugly because they're still winning, I'd rather have them win ugly than lose ugly. I'd rather have them win a game like this than have them lose it like like they did in Chicago. Absolutely. So, you know, they've won nine in a row. They're the best team in the NBA. So I can't sit here and, and quibble with every little thing. But now the biggest thing is you're winning games. That's great. You're, you've proven you're the best team in the NBA right now. That's great. Limit. Let's Let's start limiting these guys' minutes a little bit if we can. Let's just, let's get Tatum and Brown to sit and play 32 minutes instead of 37 minutes or 34 minutes instead of 39 minutes that adds up so that's my only quibble but i'm 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 you know proud that they won ugly i'm proud that jalen was able to get through and and play well and and make late plays uh i thought al horford it's great that al horford came out and hit a bunch of threes i think it's great that Derek white who was three points shy of his career high points and one three-pointer shy of his career high, uh, he's six of eight of his career high three-point makes. He was great. Um, Tatum had a bad shooting night, but he did other things, 19 points and 10 assists. So the Celtics, they made it. They plowed through this. They get the win. So good for them. But I do disagree with with Joe Mazzula. All right, that's the, po the po post-game podcast. Real quick one, down and dirty here in New Orleans. Because that's how you do things in New Orleans. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. These weekend bonus podcasts are super quick, uh, mostly because I don't have to stop and talk about ads. But I will say, Crack Sauce, C-R-A-I-C, Crack Sauce, uh, the best, boldest, big, beautiful hot sauce built different. This is not just hot sauce. It's an ingredient. 
cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C, sauce. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get 10% off. Do that. Subscribe to the podcast. It's a Monday through Friday show. I'm doing these bonus podcasts when I can on the weekends. They're, they're doing stuff outside here, if you can hear that. So I got to get out of here. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Tell your friends and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.